COVID-19. Yes, it's a real virus, perhaps best described as the flu, with occasional deadly consequences. Yet the response from the government officials has caused both large and small businesses to go bankrupt. And many individuals and families have blown through their savings. And the U.S. debt is skyrocketing with handout money. But isn't it amazing how so many people just go along with the media's narrative and never do their own research on how the illness spreads? The media's spin is also on full display with Black Lives Matter. This movement isn't about institutional racism in America. It's about anarchy, socialism, communism, and and fundraising for the Democratic Party. But the so-called fair and balanced news media is totally silent on this. And what are Donald Trump's chances to win a second term in November? According to the media, his polling numbers are in the dumpster. And so many look at the polls and simply believe them even after they screwed up so badly last time around. Herd mentality. COVID-19, Black Lives Matter, and Trump's chances in November. It's all about to be unpacked in this edition of Hidden Headlines. Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom. I'm Brian Sussman. More on me at briansussman.com. Thanks for joining me. So let's begin with COVID-19, also known as the coronavirus. What I'm about to read is from one of the oldest medical schools in the United States, Yale University, which began its medical program 210 years ago. Human coronaviruses are common throughout the world. The most recent coronavirus, COVID-19, was first identified in Wuhan, China, and is associated with mild to severe respiratory illness with fever and cough. The virus that causes COVID-19 is infecting people and spreading easily from person to person. Cases have been detected in most countries worldwide, and community spread is being detected in a growing number of countries. On March 11th, the COVID-19 outbreak was characterized as a pandemic by the World Health Organization. Okay, that's from Yale. It's a virus, started in China, fever, cough. Here's a little tidbit from the just-mentioned World Health Organization. I'm on their website. I'm reading from WHO. On January 14, 2020, they tweeted, Preliminary investigations conducted by the Chinese authorities have found no clear evidence of human-to-human transmission of the novel coronavirus. This is the World Health Organization. No clear evidence of human-to-human transmission of the novel coronavirus. It's amazing to me that the World Health Organization would basically give a free pass to Chinese authorities. Chinese authorities have found no clear evidence. Why should we believe China, even for a moment? They're a communist nation with plans to take over large swaths of the earth by 2049, as I'll get into a little bit later. So let's go back to Yale. Coronavirus versus the flu. I'm reading this on their website. Which is a greater threat? This is a very difficult question to answer, as there is no universal answer, says Yale. Based on what we currently know about the flu and COVID-19, which we continue to learn more about, 
Both may present issues for the very young, the elderly, and those with underlying medical conditions. Now, let me stop there and just say this. Anyone who knows me well, and there are a few of you listening to this podcast, you know that I have been a germaphobe for many years. I'm being honest with you. I constantly wash my hands. This is before coronavirus. I constantly wash my hands. I carry a small container of hand sanitizer with me all the times. It's true. I sneeze into my inner elbow. And when I get in a plane, I wipe down everything with sanitizing wipes. And I carry a mask. Listen, I've been doing this for years. Just in case the person next to me is obviously ill. Seriously. This has been my routine for years. And it's all been my personal choice. But now, now masks are mandatory. Social distancing is mandatory. Go to a store and you're commanded to follow the newly inscribed arrows and lines on the floor directing your walk. Many businesses are closed. Some are bankrupt or nearly bankrupt. Commercial and residential tenants can't pay their rent. Property owners can't pay their mortgages. Individuals have gone broke. The government bailout is printing money in the United States, money that we don't have. It's beyond a mess. And this coming after a great economic surge here in America during the presidency of Donald Trump. Now, as I've told you in past podcasts, I personally believe the liberal, progressive, socialist powers that be in the United States and beyond want to blame as much of this COVID-19 fright on Donald Trump as possible and drag this virus scare out at least through November to create an avenue to make sure he's not reelected. If he is reelected, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, they'll want to stretch this out into his next term to stir up as much animosity and hatred as they can. It's all an attempt to regain the White House and take over the Congress so they can implement their agenda to totally transform the United States into something the founders never intended. Now, is COVID-19 different than the flu? Here's something from the highly regarded Mayo Clinic website. They're discussing something called herd immunity, It's a way in which outbreaks like COVID-19 can come to an end naturally and relatively quick. I'm quoting, Herd immunity can be reached when a sufficient number of people in the population have recovered from a disease and have developed antibodies against future infection. They get into some deep language here involving the 1918 influenza and swine flu and H1N1. But let me get back to a quote that wraps up this particular article. Research suggests that after infection with some coronaviruses, reinfection with the same virus, though usually mild and only happening in a fraction of the people, is possible. In other words, herd immunity. It can be reached when a sufficient number of people in the population have recovered from a disease and have developed antibodies against future infection and even though some people could experience reinfection, generally that reinfection only produces mild, mild results. And it only happens in a fraction of the people. Again, that's from the Mayo Clinic. So scratch herd immunity from the list of cures because we've got the masks and we've got social distancing and we're just stretching this virus's life out. And again, At the risk of sounding like a conspiracy theorist, 
which is what the left, of course, will contend. What's the goal here? Let's forget herd immunity, herd immunity for just a moment. Instead, let's talk about herd mentality. I am stunned by the way in which so many have just gone with this COVID flow, particularly when it comes to the masks. Let me begin by saying I know some people are wearing masks because they just don't want to get sick. Perhaps they're older or they're around older people or they have existing health issues that genuinely put them at risk. Okay, no worries. Wear the mask. No judgment from yours truly. But then there are the elite progressives who are all over California, where I live, and they're wearing masks to make a statement. The statement is, I care, and you don't. And then those are, there are those who have consumed the media hype, and now the mask has become a part of their life. They're just doing it because they've been told to do it. They've never done their own research to figure out what's really going on. For example, for example, Yesterday morning, I was out on a long walk in the coastal hills of California with my wife. At times, we experienced a significant breeze coming in off the ocean. It's the Pacific Ocean. Now, think about this. These were gusts coming in all the way, basically, from Hawaii. The air in this particular locale was as pure as air could be. And every 20 minutes or so, we passed by a walker coming from the opposite direction. Now, the trails in this particular park were wide and spacious. We could easily put six feet between ourselves and oncoming walkers. But almost all of these walkers were wearing masks. We're outside in the middle of the day with a breeze coming off the ocean. And it wasn't that they were just pulling up their masks from below their chins as they approached. They were wearing the masks on their entire walk. I could see them from a great distance away. One fellow was even doubling up by wearing latex gloves. Now, I've seen those wearing these gloves behind the counters of stores and in kitchens, etc. They're touching everything. They're touching their gloves. They're touching their money. They're touching the food. They're touching the face masks. If they really wanted to avoid spreading the flu, then they'd be properly changing their gloves for each task, no matter how minute. Okay, how about cars? I see people driving solo in their cars, wearing masks and sometimes gloves. Here's a, I mean, let, you're in your car by yourself. Here's another example of this idiocy. Here in California, many counties are allowing restaurants to serve people without masks in outdoor settings. Now, some of these establishments, and I'm all for the businesses. Trust me when I tell you, I see these restaurants that have gone out of business, my heart aches. Some of these establishments already have dining patios, but many of these restaurants have been allowed to set up temporary seating areas adjacent the sidewalk in front of their buildings in what used to be street parking. And again, I'm all for the restaurateurs gaining income, but let's think this through for just a moment. Pedestrians are forced to wear face masks on the sidewalks in some of these towns here in California. And as they walk past the restaurant patrons while they're on the sidewalk, their adjacent patrons dining on the street that's been converted into seating. 
And those people on the street at their tables are not wearing masks. And they're not six feet apart. And they could be total strangers for all I know. So you've got people with masks, they're required, next to people who aren't required to wear the mask. It's ridiculous. And then there's Dr. Fauci, the otherwise very liberal guy working on Trump's coronavirus team, seen watching a professional baseball game seated between two people wearing masks while he himself was not. And by the way, from what I could tell, they were the only ones in the stadium. Oh, and one more. I'm not one to watch TV news. I really don't watch TV news, but I just happened to flip on the news the other day. It was the local news followed by the NBC national news. So I watched this because I was being entertained. I saw reporters on the local station doing their stand-ups with masks on. A stand-up is where a reporter opens and closes their videotape report while addressing the camera. Note to reporters in the field, I know this little game you're playing. You're speaking into a microphone. Your cameraman's camera is a very, has a very expensive zoom lens. You could be 30 feet away from this guy. And it would look like you were three feet from the camera. You don't need to wear a mask unless you're trying to convey a message to conform to the herd. Conforming to the herd. It's actually known as herd mentality, and it's quickly evolving before our very eyes. The Oxford Dictionary describes herd mentality like this. The tendency for people's behavior or beliefs to conform to those of the group to which they belong. Okay, one perfect example of herd mentality is Christmas. We can all relate to this. It's supposed to be the time to recall the birth of Jesus. Now, interestingly, you can do this for yourself. Play the role of armchair theologian and look this up. You won't be able to. There's not a single reference in the Bible that illustrates that followers of Jesus actually took time out of their year to commemorate his birth. Interesting. But that's that's religion. That's fine. Whatever you want to do, go ahead and do it. But I'm just telling you, I think it's kind of a herd mentality thing because it's not actually in the Bible. But again, as I mentioned, that's religion. Somewhere along the line, it became not just a religious observance, but a spending frenzy, especially here in America. And we have the decorated trees and the lights on the house and the shopping. And and year after year, it's the latest toy craze. The have-to-have toys emphasized by commercials and commercials and more commercials on television and social media. And this has been going on for decades. In the 60s, it was Barbie, G.I. Joe, and Creepy Crawlers. In the 70s, it was Nerf Balls and Star Wars toys. In the 80s, we saw the rise of Cabbage Patch Kids and Glowworms. The 90s, the must-haves were Buzz Lightyear and Furbies. Christmas has become the great American holiday. It's celebrated by agnostics, atheists, Jews, Hindus. You might even get a Merry Christmas from a nominal Muslim. And of course, there's the day after Christmas. This is a classic example of the herd mentality, also associated with the Christmas season. The desire to get the latest deal turns people into frenzied maniacs. They fight over the last toy. They light up for hours and hours and hours to buy other stuff. As for toys... Most of them, after Christmas, are relegated to the dustbin of history within a month or two. And talk about spending. People load up their credit cards year after year and go to debt over this herd holiday season. But back to the dangers of the herd mentality. Thanks to the widespread use of social media and smartphones, 
The last two years has seemed to provide us with an endless string of herd incidents. The one I'm talking about involved race, gender, and politics. Perceived injustices of police brutality have fueled tensions through social media and have resulted in the loss of lives and property destruction and an even more fragmented society. Yes, yes, there have been a few real instances of injustices committed by those in law enforcement. I'm not denying that. You've seen the videos. I've seen the videos. But most of these injustices, real or imagined, have stirred up the herd into wild mobs. And now the herd has decided that all police officers in this country are racist. And all police officers are out to get African Americans. Innocent police officers have been assassinated for simply doing their jobs. Police forces are being defunded across America. And now we have the ever-growing Black Lives Matter movement which I have noted in past podcasts is a front for anarchy and a front for socialism and communism. And it's a direct cash pipeline into the Democratic Party coffers. And if you don't support the herd, you may be in for being angrily asked something like this. Are you a racist? Do you support the alt-right? Are you a Nazi? Are you sympathetic to Donald Trump? And it goes on and on and on. And the airwaves and social media are filled with an avalanche of politicians and pundits and celebrities and social media figures and athletes and average citizens all declaring that you conform to the herd. As we'll discuss, this is how dictatorial regimes begin. Speaking of dictatorial regimes, as for COVID-19, if it were manufactured by the Chinese and intentionally released into the atmosphere by this dictatorial regime in China, why would it surprise us? After all, as I've noted on Hidden Headlines, China's leader has publicly stated that his country will control the West by 2049. This is all well documented. So again, if this were a Chinese plot, I wouldn't be surprised. If it's simply one hell of a flu, okay, such flus have come and hit the globe before. Flus come, flus go, and it looks like this one's going to stick around a while. And as for a vaccine, it hasn't even been created. And yet the big pharmaceutical company Pfizer hints they may be able to make one. And what happens? Well, this was last week. Their stock immediately skyrocketed. The question is, Would you really want to take a vaccine that's been rushed to market and hasn't even been properly tested the way others before it have? I'm serious about this. Would you want to accept a vaccine that has components manufactured in China? Because that may be the case. Many vaccines do. And by the way, I'm just going to throw this out there. Did you know that some vaccines contain aborted fetal tissue that's used as part of the pharmaceutical soup? Folks, everything I'm saying is true. It's all well documented. But like the masks, you need to be convinced in your own mind based on your inquiry into those facts before you make a move.
Now on to the organization we're told not to criticize Black Lives Matter. This is a prime example of herd mentality. My daughter, who is white, was in the car recently with two of her children who are not white. Their father, her former husband, is from the Caribbean. She was driving on a major freeway to drop her kids off at home so she could get to a work-related dinner when suddenly traffic crawled to a halt. Traffic was being diverted off the freeway and onto tiny little side roads. You see, Black Lives Matter activists had blocked the freeway, the off-ramp and the on-ramp, and now she was going to miss the dinner because as she looked at her Waze app, it was going to take her 90 minutes to get home instead of 30 minutes to get home. She eventually had a verbal exchange with somebody outside of her car, and she vented her obvious frustration. She had two young kids who appeared to be black in the car, and they wanted to get home. And the dinner she was to attend was for a rehab program that she oversees for women who were formerly in jail and now had been transferred to a sober living facility. And by the way, most of the women at the dinner were going to be black. These are the women that she serves. The twisted irony. But as for Black Lives Matter, you can go to their website. It's blacklivesmatter.com. You can click on the blue donate button. It will take you to a 501c3 that gives their money directly to the Democratic Party. This is a fundraising mechanism for the Democrats. But let's go back to their website. They say they want to end white supremacy, but they never really define what that means. It's also very clear if you read closely on their website, they are opposed to biblical morality, but they try to keep that a secret. That's perfect for a movement designed to appeal to a herd mentality. You see, the Black Lives Matter movement requires fear, real or imagined, anger, and hate. This is just how tyrannical movements have come into power throughout history, and even recent history. Hitler convinced his countrymen that the Germans were the superior race. Others were out to get them. There was war, death camps, incinerators, and the German people by and large turned a blind eye and even fought to the death in some cases for the expansion of Hitler's ideal world. Likewise, the Emperor of Japan created a slogan in the early 1900s that translated, Enrich the country, strengthen her armed forces. And the people were all in, and soon theirs was a quest to subdue the Far East. The radical leaders of the Islamic world have convinced millions that Allah is the true God, and there is great reward for sacrificing your life as a suicide bomber or on the battlefield for the team. And in the process, they now run 57 countries. China is no different. They build themselves as the superior nation and as a people they shun individualism. They shun standing out in the crowd. And they're very, very patient. The perfect herd. You see, America was not founded on a herd mentality. It was rugged. It was rugged individualism that founded this nation. Yes, I know, I know there were African slaves. Horrible. I know that many of this nation's founders owned such slaves. But friends... It's always dangerous to view and judge history through a present lens. Perhaps you're familiar with the wonderful Broadway play Hamilton. The cast is almost completely African-American. It's about one of the United States of America's most interesting founding fathers and great thinkers, Alexander Hamilton. This play has been boycotted by Black Lives Matter. 
They're calling for the boycott. And here's the crazy part. Besides employing a cast of African-American actors and dancers, Alexander Hamilton was an abolitionist. He was vocal in his opposition to slavery. I recently bought a book that inspired the creation of the play. It's entitled Hamilton. It's written by Ron Chernow. On page eight, he gives us a little history that proves my point. And you can't view history through a present lens. That's my point. You can't view history through a present lens. Hamilton was from the Caribbean. He lived on the Isle of Nevis. He came from total poverty. He was a bastard. White slaves from England were being shipped to that island where he lived to work with Africans in the sugarcane fields. This was the upbringing of Alexander Hamilton, who co-authored, by the way, the Federalist Papers, which enlightened the populace to move towards a constitutional republic. Chernow writes, In 1927, the minister of the local Anglican church said that black slaves were inclined to laziness, stealing, stubbornness, murmuring, treachery, lying, drunkenness, and the like, but he reserved the most scathing, uh, scathing comments for the white populace of slaves. He said they were pickpockets, whores, rogues, thieves, sodomites, filth, cutthroats. Again, just a little history, but I digress. What the United States is experiencing is a transformation that, if not upended, will not end well. Now on to the re-election of Donald Trump. Yes, I said re-election. The leaders of the progressive cabal orchestrating the moves of the herd are doing all they can to prevent Donald Trump from getting a second term. Oh, yes. I know the polls say Joe Biden is ahead, but do you recall the polls from 2016? Reminiscing on what went wrong just days after the election, Patrick Murray, he's the head of the Monmouth University Polling Institute, an esteemed firm that conducts a number of state polls, told Business Insider, a credible outlet for news, quote, polls might not be capable of predicting elections. His theory for what happened at the time, quote, non-response among major core Trump voters. Listen, it doesn't matter how they conduct these polls. By and large, liberals will talk and conservatives and independents will not. I don't want to tell you what I think because we conservatives and independents are rugged independence. Rugged independence is what built this country. They got it wrong in 2016 and they're on their way to getting it wrong this year. But that doesn't stop the media from using these bogus polls to write headlines like this from the AFP on July 24th and carried by a variety of online news sources. Trump could lose election in 100 days, and the U.S. is on edge. I won't bore you with reading the article, but here's the first paragraph. Cratering in the polls, canceling his showcase convention event, and struggling to land punches on his opponent, Donald Trump has only 100 days from Sunday to save his presidency, and it's not going well. By the way, this is a news story. It's not an opinion piece. Now back to Trump and the election. If you were a Democrat muckety-muck like, say, Nancy Pelosi or maybe even Hillary Clinton, and of course Joe Biden, 
Certainly COVID-19 and Black Lives Matter would seem like a gift from the goddesses above or below, depending on your point of view. However, the problem for the Democrats is Trump has recently changed his tone on the coronavirus. His administration is bringing people in with uh, actual expertise in public health and crisis management. These aren't Jared Kirshner's buddies. They're running a national testing and tracing program, making sure personal protective equipment is available. They're creating uniform standards for both how to maximize safety and how to carefully resume normal activity. Even Trump's tone on the masks has made the Democrats cringe. He's actually urging people to wear them. Even if you aren't a fan, I think I heard him say, even if you're not a fan of the mask, it's something you should think about. Listen, at the end of the day, this is politics. This is politics. There is election coming up. And it's the kind of game, Trump's playing the type of game that Nancy Pelosi doesn't like being played against her and her teammates. And then there's Black Lives Matter. When the general public, including many middle-of-the-road Democrats, see the news clips of rioters roaming through commercial districts in large cities, ripping down storefronts, pillaging the contents, and running off with flat-screen TVs on their shoulders, etc., 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 it's important to keep in mind that the violent behavior of those uncivilized thugs is being watched by millions of civilized Americans who are seeing the results of liberal policies in these cities because this kind of rioting is primarily going on where the Democrats rule the day. And I'm telling you something, people don't like it. You don't like it? Most people don't like it, including moderate Democrats. Undoubtedly, the elected liberal officials in those blue states and those blue cities refuse to take necessary action against the rioters because they view them as a large part of their voting bloc. President Trump, along with other strong Republican leaders, have been calling on the use of force in those cities to put those savages back in their cages. And then there's this. Candidates who get elected to the presidency once tend to get reelected again. Only two chief executives seeking re-election over the last 50 years, Carter and Bush 41, failed in their bid for a second term. That's first. Second, sans the coronavirus, Trump is provider of the strongest economy in living memory. Unemployment was at record lows, inflation nearly non-existent, new jobs were being created at a startling pace. Anyone who studies presidential politics knows strong economies are the most important factor driving support for the incumbent. That's why I believe the Democrats want this current malaise we're in with the coronavirus, etc., to continue up through election time. Third, internationally, this is huge. The nation is at peace. Trump has avoided involvement in new overseas adventures. He scaled us back from what he inherited from his predecessors. And I think this next point is huge. Donald Trump is the first president to look China in the eye and call them out for things like, oh, spying here in the United States. This is a speech delivered here in California just last Thursday. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was in California and he called out the Chinese consulate in Houston as a hub of spying. He said, this week we closed down China's consulate in Houston because it was a hub of spying and intellectual property theft. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mike Pompeo. Thank you, Donald Trump. By the way, these remarks came 
after the Justice Department said the Chinese consulate in San Francisco is harboring a researcher who lied about her links with the country's military. That's the PLA, People's Liberation Army. The Justice Department announced charges against that scientist and three others accused of concealing their government ties. The FBI, meanwhile, has interviewed visa holders in more than 25 American cities who are suspected of concealing their ties to the Chinese military. Finally, we have somebody standing up against China for all the sneaky stuff they've been doing in this country for decades. In 1952, President Harry Truman signed a bill into law making the National Day of Prayer for America an annual event on the first Thursday of May. He encouraged millions across our nation to unite together to pray. That was 1952. A lot has changed since then. And now more than ever, America needs prayer. Hearts are continually shaped and changed by prayer. Lives become loving and bold because of prayer. A nation comes back to God because of prayer. We need to continually ask for His grace and His healing. That same power that broke prison chains in the Bible, raised Lazarus from the dead in the Bible, parted the Red Sea in the Bible, the same power that healed the blind man and delivered the delirious from demons. That same power, my friends, is at work today. We need to harness that power and pray to the one true God that he will heal our nation. Indeed, reading from the New Testament book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 8, it says that he, Jesus Christ, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's in the business of healing minds and hearts and even nations. Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom. Thanks for listening to this episode. I'm Brian Sussman. More on me at briansussman.com. And I will now hang up on myself. <laughs>